Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. We have been taking a fresh look at the first coming of Jesus to earth when he was born in Bethlehem in this current eight-episode podcast series. We began with podcast 188, where we talked about the fact that he existed before he came because he's God of very God. Jesus is the eternal God. And we uh, talked about his emptying in the next podcast, uh, the kenosis of Jesus as found in Philippians chapter 2. We considered in the next podcast some of the prophecies, and all of them were fulfilled concerning his first coming. And we looked at some other events surrounding his his birth uh, that are not normally uh, discussed in in the Christmas story. Uh, Simon the priest, uh, who was there looking for the Messiah, and he was in the right place at the right time by God's sovereign design. And and Anna the prophetess that happened to be there as well, looking for the Messiah. Isn't it interesting how God puts us in the right place at the right time? And then we uh, looked a little bit at the uh, story of the birth of John the Baptist, who is his forerunner and and was born uh, approximately six months before Jesus was. We looked in the next podcast at the uh, miraculous virgin conception, the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we followed that with uh, taking a look at the, the at two of the significant names that Jesus carried, and that would have been Jesus and Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, if you didn't catch any of those first. Uh, podcasts, I would encourage you to go all the way back again, starting with podcast number 188. But today we're looking at the actual event, uh, the, the event that occurred there in Bethlehem. And there is no better way to take a look at it than to read from Luke, the Luke, the historian, Doctor Luke, the physician. Luke was a frequent com, uh, traveling companion of of the Apostle Paul, and uh, he was a very meticulous. Uh, historian and writer, and here in this inspired, divinely inspired account, we learn about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Would you just listen carefully and let this uh, precious story um, soak in. Listen to it as if you're hearing it for the very first time, and allow God just to speak to your heart through the powerful Word of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn." In the same region there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. 
and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which they were told by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. That is the Word of God. And that is the story of an amazing event that happened some 2,000 plus years ago. This great event where our precious Savior was born. Now there were some key persons in this, in this account and uh, I just want to go through and name them again and uh, take a fresh look at this account as we got it here in Luke and then we'll also refer back to Matthew chapter 1 because there's an account there also of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who are the key persons in this, in this story? Well, first of all, obviously, the star of the story is the baby, the baby Jesus. And could I say that he was just like any other baby? But could I also say he was unlike any other baby? baby. He was just like any other baby in that he was fully human. Fully human. He uh, completely relied on, on his mother and on his parents to take care of him, to change his diapers, to feed him, uh, to protect him in every way. He was just like any other baby in that sense. But he was unlike any other baby in the sense that he was also fully God, God of very God, and that he was born in a, conceived in a miraculous way as the Holy Spirit implanted that embryo in the, in the womb of Mary. And, um, and, and unlike uh, pagan stories of God's coming and having sex with, with, uh, with humans, this did not happen here. There was nothing like that, but it was a supernatural act of, of being implanted in the womb of, of Mary. Therefore, he was uh, untainted by sin, and yet he was fully human. So this baby, just like any other baby, but unlike any other baby. And then there was, of course, uh, the other main character in this story, and that is the mother, the mother Mary. 
she was a young virgin. Some say she was uh, j just a later teenager, and that that could be true. But we do know that she was she was very young, and uh, she was a human, just like any other human. She was legally betrothed. Uh, in our terms, it would be engaged, but it's more than engaged. In the Jewish system, in that day, marriage involved first uh, betrothal. It was actually a legal. They were legally bound together, but generally they would spend a year apart uh, uh, before they would come together for the final phase of the wedding and the consummation on the on the wedding night. And so, uh, if you wanted to become, uh, I don't know if this is a word, but unbetrothed, you would have to go through a divorce. And so, she was basically uh, in the first stage of marriage to to Joseph. And, and so here she is, and, and she is pregnant. And you know, that would raise some questions, wouldn't it? Uh, but uh, she was a humble young woman, as we'll see. She needed a Savior. She was not uh, um, uh, free of sin. In Luke chapter 1, verse 47, part of the, uh, uh, the, the Magnificat of, of, of Mary there, the thing that she said as she's quoting scripture and so on. In Luke 1, 47, she said, she referred to God, my Savior. Why did she do that? Because she needed a Savior. She definitely needed a Savior because she was a sinner like all the rest of us. But she, was, she received the grace of God and God chose to use her. God chose to use her as He cho chooses to use us. She was obviously saturated with Scripture because, again, when you go back and read Luke chapter 1, and as she was praising God in that magnificent, she, she was quoting Scripture. This young woman knew Scripture, and she was a humble, yielded person because she said, uh, whatever you want, Lord, I, I am willing. And, and it wasn't just uh, a resignation. It was active, willing, devotion and obedience and God used Mary in a special way and then there was uh, uh, Mary's husband Joseph a righteous man we're told in Matthew uh, chapter 1 and obviously merciful because when he found out she was pregnant he was going to put her away or divorce her privately but then in that dream God said don't do it uh, she's with child by the Holy Spirit and so do you know what Joseph did he obeyed he obeyed. He did exactly what God told him to do. Uh, this man who was a simple, humble carpenter, who can you imagine being tasked with being the stepfather, so to speak, of the Son of God and raising him, and yet uh, God used this man that we know very little about other than that. And there were uh, other people in, in the story. There, were the, there was the emperor, Caesar Augustus, Rome's first emperor. If you go back in history, you'll see that uh, the Roman Senate declared him to be their first emperor. And, uh, and during his reign, that's where they transitioned from a, a kind of a representative Republican kind of government to, to uh, the, the, giving all the power to the Caesar, to the ruler. And he is the one that uh, declared a census. And it wasn't a one-time census, but one that would happen every 14 years, a numbering of the people. And uh, so that, that, that he was involved in the story and, and that he required uh, everybody to go back to their original um, hometown, to, the, to their tribal hometown. And that's why um, Mary and Joseph had to go from Nazareth, a 70-mile journey, over into Bethlehem. 
It was all part of God's plan. Do you see how God puts it all together and he uses humans to work his plan out? There were the heavenly visitors, an angel that appeared to the, to the shepherds. There were the shepherds, not on the top of the socioeconomic ladder. Uh, but God chose to go out in the darkness of night and appear through the angel and ultimately through a multitude of angels to these who were probably down on the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. Instead of going to the priests, the rabbis, the rulers, the, the so-called top of that ladder, he went to people that were uh, lower in, in society. And, and that's exactly what he's still doing today. He's still reaching out to the lowest of the low, and he uses the, the, the lowly, the lowly in society to confound the mighty. That's what God was doing there in that day. Uh, you, you see in this event a complete fulfillment of hundreds of years of prophecy. You see, in this event, it was inconspicuous in the eyes of the world. Hardly no one took notice of it. It was a royal birth, the greatest birth that's ever happened. And yet, most of the world didn't see it. Uh, and, and what an amazing, amazing event it was. God coming down and becoming human for us. God taking on our flesh. What an amazing event it was. I hope that you'll take a moment just to praise the Lord that He loved us enough to come and be among us. And He did it through a human birth. And He used just simple, lowly humans like you and me uh, by His grace to, to, to affect the greatest event, uh, the greatest birth event ever in the history of the world. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.